section thirty four of shirley by charlotte bronte this librivox recording is in the public domain case of domestic persecution remarkable instance of pious perseverance in the discharge of religious duties martin having known the taste of excitement wanted a second draught having felt the dignity of power he loathed to relinquish it miss hellstone that girl he had always called ugly and whose face was now perpetually before his eyes by day and by night in dark and in sunshine had once come within his sphere it fretted him to think the visit might never be repeated though a schoolboy he was no ordinary schoolboy he was destined to grow up an original at a few years later date he took great pains to pare and polish himself down to the pattern of the rest of the world but he never succeeded an unique stamp marked him always he now sat idle at his desk in the grammar school casting about in his mind for the means of adding another chapter to his commenced romance he did not yet know how many commenced life romances are doomed never to get beyond the first or at most the second chapter his saturday half-holiday he spent in the wood with his book of fairy legends and that other unwritten book of his imagination martin harboured an irreligious reluctance to see the approach of sunday his father and mother while disclaiming community with the establishment failed not duly once on the sacred day to fill their large pew in briarfield church with the whole of their blooming family theoretically mr york placed all sects and churches on a level mrs york awarded the palm to moravians and quakers on account of that crown of humility by these worthies worn neither of them were ever known however to set foot in a conventicle martin i say disliked sunday because the morning service was long and the sermon usually little to his taste this saturday afternoon however his woodland musings disclosed to him a new-found charm in the coming day it proved a day of deep snow so deep that mrs york during breakfast announced her conviction that the children both boys and girls would be better at home and her decision that instead of going to church they should sit silent for two hours in the back parlour while rose and martin alternately read a succession of sermons john wesley's sermons john wesley being a reformer and an agitator had a place both in her own and her husband's favour rose will do as she pleases said martin not looking up from the book which according to his custom then and in after life he was studying over his bread and milk rose will do as she is told and martin too observed the mother i'm going to church so her son replied with the ineffable quietude of a true york who knows his will and means to have it and who if pushed to the wall will let himself be crushed to death provided no way of escape can be found but will never capitulate it is not fit weather said the father no answer the youth read studiously he slowly broke his bread and sipped his milk martin hates to go to church but he hates still more to obey said mrs york i suppose i am influenced by pure perverseness yes you are mother i'm not 
by what then are you influenced by a complication of motives the intricacies of which i should as soon think of explaining to you as i should of turning myself inside out to exhibit the internal machinery of my frame hear martin hear him cried mr yorke i must see and have this lad of mine brought up to the bar nature meant him to live by his tongue hester your third son must certainly be a lawyer he has the stock in trade brass self-conceit in words 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 some bread rose if you please requested martin with intense gravity serenity phlegm the boy had naturally a low plaintive voice which in his dour moods rose scarcely above a lady's whisper the more inflexibly stubborn the humour the softer the sadder the tone he rang the bell and gently asked for his walking shoes but martin urged his sire there is drift all the way a man could hardly wade through it however lad he continued seeing that the boy rose as the church bell began to toll this is a case wherein i would by no means balk the obdurate chap of his will go to church by all means there is a pitiless wind and a sharp frozen sleep besides the depth underfoot go out into it since thou prefers it to a warm fireside martin quietly assumed his cloak comforter and cap and deliberately went out my father has more sense than my mother he pronounced how women miss it they drive the mail into the flesh thinking they are hammering away at insensate stone he reached church early now if the weather frightens her and it is a real december tempest where if that mrs pryor objects to her going out and i should miss her after all it will vex me but tempest or tornado hail or ice she ought to come and if she has a mind worthy of her eyes and features she will come she will be here for the chance of seeing me as i am here for the chance of seeing her she will want to get a word respecting her confounded sweetheart as i want to get another flavour of what i think the essence of life a taste of existence with the spirit preserved in it and not evaporated adventure is to stagnation what champagne is to flat porter he looked round the church was cold silent empty but for one old woman as the chimes subsided and the single bell tolled slowly another and another elderly parishioner came dropping in and took a humble station in the free sittings it is always the frailest the oldest and the poorest that brave the worst weather to prove and maintain their constancy to dear old mother church this wild morning not one affluent family attended not one carriage party appeared all the lined and cushioned pews were empty only on the bare oaken seats sat ranged the grey-haired elders and feeble paupers i'll scorn her if she doesn't come muttered martin shortly and savagely to himself the rector's shovel hat had passed the porch mr hellstone and his clerk were in the vestry the bell ceased the reading-desk was filled the doors were closed the service commenced void stood the rectory pew she was not there martin scorned her worthless thing vapid thing commonplace humbug like all other girls weakly selfish shallow such was martin's liturgy she is not like our picture her eyes are not large and expressive her nose is not straight delicate hellenic her mouth has not that charm i thought it had which i imagined could beguile me of sullenness in my worst moods 
what is she a threadpaper a doll a toy a girl in short so absorbed was the young cynic he forgot to rise from his knees at the proper place and was still in an exemplary attitude of devotion when the litany over the first hymn was given out to be so caught did not contribute to soothe him he started up red for he was as sensitive to ridicule as any girl to make the matter worse the church door had reopened and the aisles were filling patter 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 a hundred little feet trotted in it was the sunday scholars according to briarfield winter custom these children had till now been kept where there was a warm stove and only led into church just before the communion and sermon the little ones were settled first and at last when the boys and the younger girls were all arranged when the organ was swelling high and the choir and congregation were rising to uplift the spiritual song a tall class of young women came quietly in closing the procession their teacher having seen them seated passed into the rectory pew the french grey cloak and small beaver bonnet were known to martin it was the very costume his eyes had ached to catch miss hellstone had not suffered the storm to prove an impediment after all she was come to church martin probably whispered his satisfaction to his hymn-book at any rate he therewith hid his face two minutes satisfied or not he had time to get very angry with her again before the sermon was over she had never once looked his way at least he had not been so lucky as to encounter a glance if he said if she takes no notice of me if she shows i am not in her thoughts i shall have a worse a meaner opinion of her than ever most despicable would it be to come for the sake of those sheep-faced sunday scholars and not for my sake or that long skeleton moors the sermon found an end the benediction was pronounced the congregation dispersed she had not been near him now indeed as martin set his face homeward he felt that the sleet was sharp and the east wind cold his nearest way lay through some fields it was a dangerous because an untrodden way he did not care he would take it near the second stile rose a clump of trees was that an umbrella waiting there yes an umbrella held with evident difficulty against the blast behind it fluttered a french grey cloak martin grinned as he toiled up the steep encumbered field difficult to the foot as a slope in the upper realms of etna there was an inimitable look in his face when having gained the style he seated himself coolly thereupon and thus opened a conference which for his own part he was willing to prolong indefinitely i think you had better strike a bargain exchange me for mrs pryor i was not sure whether you would come this way martin but i thought i would run the chance there is no such thing as getting a quiet word spoken in the church or churchyard will you agree make over mrs pryor to my mother and put me in her skirts as if i could understand you what puts mrs pryor into your head you call her mamma don't you she is my mamma not possible or so inefficient so careless a mamma i should make a five times better one you may laugh i have no objection to see you laugh your teeth i hate ugly teeth but yours are as pretty as a pearl necklace and a necklace of which the pearls are very fair even and well matched too martin what now i thought the yorks never paid compliments they have not done till this generation but i feel as if it were my vocation to turn out a new variety of the york species i am rather tired of my own ancestors we have traditions going back for four ages tales of hiram 
which was the son of hiram which was the son of samuel which was the son of john which was the son of zerubbabel york all from zerubbabel down to the last hiram were such as you see my father before that there was a godfrey we have his picture it hangs in moore's bedroom it is like me of his character we know nothing but i am sure it was different to his descendants he has long curling dark hair he is carefully and cavalierly dressed having said that he is like me i need not add that he is handsome you are not handsome martin no but wait a while just let me take my time i mean to begin from this day to cultivate to polish and we shall see you are a very strange a very unaccountable boy martin but don't imagine you ever will be handsome you cannot i mean to try but we were talking about mrs pryor she must be the most unnatural mamma in existence coolly to let her daughter come out in this weather mine was in such a rage because i would go to church she was fit to fling the kitchen brush after me mamma was very much concerned about me but i am afraid i was obstinate i would go to see me exactly i thought of nothing else i greatly feared the snow would hinder you from coming you don't know how pleased i was to see you all by yourself in the pew i came to fulfil my duty and set the parish a good example and so you were obstinate were you i should like to see you obstinate i should wouldn't i have you in good discipline if i owned you let me take the umbrella i can't stay two minutes our dinner will be ready and so will ours and we have always a hot dinner on sundays roast goose to-day with apple pie and rice pudding i always contrive to know the bill of fare well i like these things uncommonly but i'll make the sacrifice if you will we have a cold dinner my uncle will allow no unnecessary cooking on the sabbath but i must return the house would be in commotion if i failed to appear so will prior mains bless you i think i hear my father sending out the overlooker and five of the dyers to look in six directions for the body of his prodigal son in the snow and my mother repenting her of so many misdeeds towards me now i am gone martin how is mr moore that is what you came for just to say that word come tell me quickly hang him he is no worse but as ill-used as ever mewed up kept in solitary confinement they mean to make either an idiot or a maniac of him and take out a commission of lunacy horsefall stars him you saw how thin he was you were very good the other day martin what day i'm always good a model when will you be so good again i see what you're after but you'll not wheedle me i'm no cat's paw but it must be done it is quite a right thing and a necessary thing how you encroach remember i managed the matter of my own free will before and you will again i won't the business gave me far too much trouble i like my ease mr moore wishes to see me martin and i wish to see him i dare say coolly it is too bad of your mother to exclude his friends tell her so his own relations come and blow her up you know that would advance nothing well i shall stick to my point see him i will if you won't help me i'll manage without help do there's nothing like self-reliance self-dependence i've no time to reason with you now but i consider you provoking good morning the way she went the umbrella shut for she could not carry it against the wind she is not vapid she is not shallow said martin i shall like to watch and mark how she will work her way without help if the storm were not of snow but of fire such as came refreshingly down on the cities of the plain she would go through it to procure five minutes speech of that moor now i consider i have had a pleasant morning 
the disappointments got time on the fears and fits of anger only made that short discourse pleasanter when it came at last she expected to coax me at once she'll not manage that in one effort she shall come again again and yet again it would please me to put her in a passion to make her cry i want to discover how far she will go what she will do and dare to get her will it seems strange and new to find one human being thinking so much about another as she thinks about more but it is time to go home my appetite tells me the hour won't i walk into that goose and we'll try whether matthew or i shall get the largest cut of the apple pie to-day End of section thirty four